0: Hi, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you today to Father Lewis. He is just one of the most special priests I have ever met in my life, and he is very, very dear to me. If you know the story of Mary Alice and the healing in my life, then you know the story of um, Father Lewis in my life. Um, Father Lewis, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Kate. It's a pleasure to be here with you, finally.
0: (laughs) Finally, yes. Yes. So I will give a quick recap of how I met you, um, because it's just such a beautiful story. This is one of those times I feel like the woman at the well who cannot help but tell everyone she meets to this day about the healing. Um, and so for those of you that, um, don't know, a Steubenville conference is a conference where just a bunch of high schoolers around 2000, is that right? So it was in Tucson and I think the year was 2014. Ah. And, um, so I had gone as a chaperone for my daughter's youth group. And there is a beautiful night of adoration where the whole auditorium is filled with adoration of these high school students. And it's beautiful. Um, It's, you know, two to three hours of praising and worshiping God. And I will never forget. So Otto Lewis was the priest that night. And I was up on the second floor of the auditorium. And I was kind of wondering, you know, would... Would he bring the monstrance up there? How far would he walk through the crowds? And um, I had been to adoration before, but nothing like this nothing with this Mm. many people and this much just praise and worship of our Lord. And I will never forget Father Lewis walked right past our row in the second floor, and my daughter was standing next to me, and I couldn't stop laughing. And I remember being embarrassed because I thought, oh my goodness, people are going to think I'm crazy. Why am I laughing? That seems disrespectful. What is happening? And Father Lewis walked down after adoration and you had a word of knowledge. And you said, God has just, somebody is struggling with infertility and God has untied the knots. And I had had 12 years of miscarriage and um secondary infertility and we had it was just a real it was hard (laughs) it was hard we Um, had lost twins about a year before and um and then after that conference about 10 months later mary alice was born and we had been told we had been told it was impossible i would never carry ever again and I just, to have that happen in front, and I think people would have thought I was crazy, but my daughter was right there. Our youth ministers were right there. They all had the had the joy of walking through that with me. And so mm. Father Lewis is very, very, very special. And two years after Mary Alice, our son Sebastian was born. And we named Sebastian, Sebastian Carl Lewis after Father Lewis. So that wow. is my story of why Father Lewis is just, he will be a name I remember every day. Every day. And I'm so thankful for him.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Kate. God bless you. And thank you for witnessing to God's power in your life. Uh, and for testifying to His greatness, uh, I thank God. Uh, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Thank you for sharing. That was very
0: encouraging. I, um, yeah, I, it, I will tell anyone who stands still long enough <laughs> how good, <laughs> how good God is. Uh, it's Amen. just amazing. So, well, I can't wait to get to the reason we're here today. Is to hear about yes. who and what Saint. In your life, have you tripped over? Do you have a special saint that has come along beside you yes. in ministry? I do.
1: Um, and uh, and I was trying to think through this, thinking, which saint would I pick? And which one did I trip over specifically? Uh, and there are so many, so many good saints. And some of my favorites, of course, are St. John Mary Vianney. Uh, I kind of tripped over him because... When I was thinking of the priesthood, I, I didn't think I was going to be a diocesan priest. I thought I wanted to be in community because I love community. I still do. Uh, and in fact, I never applied to a diocese. I applied to, you know, I, I visited different communities uh, and I applied to the missionaries of charity fathers. Um, but when the Lord called me to Haiti um, and um, got me into the diocese, my home diocese, I, uh, I was reading. Uh, Vianney's biography uh, from the official notes from the process of canonization. And after I had realized that, oh, the bishop has accepted me, it dawned on me, oh, wait a minute, this is the Protestant priesthood. What am I doing? Um, But reading the life of John Vianney made me realize that that's exactly where I need to be. Uh, The beauty and uh, there's a privilege to be a diocesan priest uh, amongst the people, a secular priest, if you will. So I certainly uh, tripped over him, St. Therese of Lisieux, the little child. Oh my gosh, just she's probably, I think, the first thing I fell in love with um, as like someone I'm going to hold with me uh, for good. I remember my youth manager gave me a little book on, I believe it was John Bosco. That was also pretty special. But um, so th- those three saints are kind of always with me, and obviously John Paul II, etc. I've 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 grown in my love for Thomas Aquinas and, and his teachings and uh, and his ways of, of thinking and explaining. But those are not the ones I'm going to talk about today. Today I want to talk about Venerable Pierre Toussaint. Um, Venerable Pierre Toussaint. Is has an amazing story. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from the N- New York Archdiocese from their page on Pierre Toussaint. Venerable Pierre Toussaint, 1766 to 1853, was born a slave in Haiti and died a freeman in New York City. He is credited in, uh, by many with being the father of Catholic charities in New York. Pierre was instrumental in raising funds for the first Catholic orphanage and began the city's first school for Black children. He also helped to provide funds for the Albay Sisters of Providence, a religious community of Black nuns founded in Baltimore, and played a vital role in providing resources to erect old St. Patrick's Cathedral in Lower Manhattan. During a yellow fever epidemic, when many of the city's political leaders fled the city in search of healthier rural climates, Pierre Toussaint cared for the sick, and the dying. He was a successful entrepreneur who did not hesitate to share the fruits of his labor with others. In recognition of Pierre Toussaint's virtuous life, the late Cardinal Cook introduced Pierre's cause for canonization of the Vatican in 1968. In December 1989, the late Cardinal O'Connor had the remains of Pierre Toussaint transferred from Lower Manhattan to St. Patrick's Cathedral in Midtown. Manhattan, where he is buried as the only lay person alongside the former Cardinal Archbishop of New York City. On December 17, 1997, Pope John Paul II declared Pierre Toussaint a venerable, thus placing him firmly on the road to becoming North America's first black saint. Venerable Pierre Toussaint was a man who was proud of his faith, proud of his culture, and committed to serving others. Um, So, there's a little bit for you, a little summary up here to say, but that doesn't begin to tell you the greatness of that man. This guy was a slave, as you just heard, in Haiti. Um, and the the slave master, with his wife, with this slave master's wife, traveled with Pierre to New York uh, right before the revolution started in Haiti and we declared independence in 1804. And so, when Pierre came here as a slave, uh, he was made a uh, an apprentice to a hairdresser in, in New York. He got so good. That's how he made his money. He was so good that all the rich women here wanted Pierre to do their hair. Apparently, he had uh, a relationship even with President Hamilton's wife, I think someone told me, and uh, there's correspondence between him and her because uh, I think he did her hair too. Um, and so to think talk about going from nothing to to making yourself a millionaire. He was the slave millionaire. Um, but the cool thing with Pierre is not only how he was able to make so much of himself externally, but it was what he was able to make internally. It is the way he was able to live out his freedom in Christ, despite being a slave in a worldly status. And uh, he was free. Um, That's how he was able to do so much for people. When the slave master went back to Haiti and left Pierre here, the slave master died in Haiti. So he had a widowed wife. And Pierre is the one who cared for her with his money, his own money that he worked for. He took care of her. And he could have said, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. Oh, he also bought the freedom of many slaves. So he had money, he could have bought his own freedom. He chose not to, because he he realized that his freedom is not dependent on anything any man can do because he is free in Christ Jesus. And people sort of asked him, you know, how he felt about uh caring for those people that were his slave owners. And uh if he didn't have any grudges against it, absolutely not, of course. You know, he said Jesus um, was mistreated by the very people for whom he was dying. And he still loved them and still cared for them. So too, Pierre would love and care even for those who enslaved them. And so he was fine. He he was free uh, before he got his uh, freedom uh, towards the end. Uh, but he wasn't in a rush, it seems. Uh, and so uh, Pierre is just this amazing figure of love, of internal freedom and uh, of hard work. Uh, forgiveness, reconciliation—that's Pierre. Also of uh, charitable work, I—I uh, I love you know the works of mercy. That's Pierre for you. He—he um, he, uh, as you heard in the article, you know, he helped with orphanages with the religious life, um, and he's thought to be the father of Catholic charities in New York, which is powerful, wonderful. Now, um, uh. Pierre, a major thing about him is that actually right now I am sitting at the rectory of the uh, St. Patrick's Old Cathedral uh, in Lower Manhattan, which is a church where Pierre was one of the major contributors to its construction. Uh, He was one of the biggest donors to help that church get off the ground. And, And here I am now. Now, I mentioned tripping over Pierre because I remember when I first heard about Pierre, I was like, oh, who is this guy? Like, well, who is this guy? A hairdresser. And I like, what's special about him? I didn't know the stories. Now I do. But funny thing is, Haiti is, um, we have a team of, uh, of Catholics uh, and there's a, firm, a very successful firm in, in Haiti that has worked with the Conference of Bishops of Haiti uh, at the recommendation of the Holy Father to come up with a strategic plan of integral human development for Haiti. And they did. It. And it's a beautiful plan. It's a wonderful strategic plan of development for the whole country, which brings a little hope for Haiti, for uh, Haiti getting out of what it is in now. And so so uh uh they've the team founded or uh, registered a foundation um in New York uh to raise awareness for that strategic plan and to raise funds for it. And so they were looking for a place to put an office and also a residence for the executive director, which I've been asked to to play that role, uh, which role I've been asked to play. Um, and so they were looking for a place. They found a place and they were about to close on it. Uh, and then a friend of mine said, you know, you should go check out old St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, and check out. The priest there in the rectory, and we had a wonderful priest here, Father Gravy, who uh, welcomed us and um, and uh, said, you know, yeah, we'd love to have you here. You can stay here, and and we rent an office from their old school building, um, and uh, and I'm here. And then I I realized this is Pierre's burial ground. Uh, he is literally his wife and daughter are still here uh, at the church cemetery. And um and his tombstone is th- is still here. They had since moved them, the remains to midtown, to the new cathedral. But the old cathedral, yeah, this is his this is the church he helped build, and this is where he was buried. And so I couldn't help but realize, okay, so that's that is definitely a tripping over. Like to, like what happened? Where are you? <laughs> what are you doing here, Pierre? Uh, it, it's obvious that he's instrumental in, you uh, know, in, uh, in this work and uh, and wanting to help Haiti, his home country, and so I, I rejoice in that.
0: Oh, I love that! I, to be honest, I've never heard of him, and so I'm so thankful that you're introducing us to someone new. That is so special. So, for those who don't know, tell us about your connection to Haiti and why Haiti is so special to you.
1: Oh yeah, I was born in Haiti, uh, and uh, and so, uh, but I grew up in Boston. Um, in 2010, I moved back definitively because I felt uh, God calling me back to worship Him, serve Him, and serve the poor there. Um, and so I went back, and it so happened. It was right after the big earthquake that had killed over a couple, couple hundred thousand people. In 2010, January 12, um, and so I I I joined the diocese there. My I've, I still have family there, and a lot of ministry work that we do there. My my little nonprofit in the U.S. is called Mission to the Beloved. Um, it is the the main body that supports all the ministries that I do. I pastor the cathedral of my diocese in Haiti. It's called the Cathedral of Saint Anne in a place called Ensalve in the Greater South of Haiti. Uh, and so, yeah, it is is very special to me because I think it's very special to God and to Our Lady. Um, and there's a lot of need, there's a lot of poverty. And right now there's a lot of violence, a little people are dying. And, um, and I try to help people as much as I can. Help to feed the poor, help to house the, the homeless, uh, help to, to educate uh, the children. Uh, we're, we're running, for the parish alone is running and trying to build uh, up seven schools, uh, Catholic schools, uh, not only in the center of town, but also in the small villages around that are under the jurisdiction of the parish. So Haiti is, is uh, big on my heart.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And if someone wants to help Mission to the Beloved, how's the best way to do that? How's the best way to help you?
1: The best way would be to go to our website mission to the com. And they can donate there as tax deductible, whatever donations they make. And uh, we could really, really use the help right now. We are at the very bottom of the the well, if you will, and we're scratching. Um, and uh, as we concluded this past pastoral year, um, and we have a new year coming up, I, I still need a couple more classrooms. Uh, I still, yeah, i um, I need money for food for, to feed the people, even the people that are working at the rectory, um, and uh, and to get the schools going. So it's it's scary. I, I think God might be testing me, but, but I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready to come out of the test. Please provide some money for us. We need it badly.
0: Yes, yes. So what is next for you here in the States?
1: Uh, I await my instructions uh, for what it would look like for me in the office this year uh, in Lower Manhattan. I did all of last year here. Um, Also, my bishop has granted me permission while I'm pastor in Haiti, but to spend even more time out as I fundraise for the mission and also as I work, uh, do different uh, speaking engagements to try to get personal money to pay up my student loans so that I can get them out of the way and and not let them hang over my head um, anymore.
0: Yes, so I will definitely put both links in my show notes so people can help mission to the beloved and help you um, Thank on you. this beautiful journey. We're so grateful for you, Father. Would Amen. you do us the honor of praying over us before we go today? My
1: pleasure. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Dear Father, you promised us the Holy Spirit when we ask you. And so we come to ask you now to beg you that you fill our hearts with a new outpouring of your Spirit. On each person listening or watching today and tomorrow, whenever anyone comes in contact with this message, that you may give them a new personal Pentecost so that others around them may catch fire as well from the fire of your Holy Spirit that will come on them. And may that fire burn away all sadness, anxiety, and all evil, all sin, all illness for their healing, O oh Lord traumatic healing, O oh Lord, physical healing, bodily healing, the healing of the soul, of the mind, of families. Come, O oh Lord, and heal your people. Deliver your people from evil. Cover them with the precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ. We ask you all this through him, our Lord Jesus, your son, who lives and reigns with you, in unity with the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lady of Perpetual Help, pray
0: for us. Oh, Father, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for introducing us to a new saint. I can't wait to hear about him.
1: (laughs) God bless you, Kate, and God bless all your listeners.
0: Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for joining us, for Tripping Over the Saints. I hope you enjoyed meeting our new friend, and I cannot wait to introduce you to more new friends. If you would like to become a patron of this podcast, we would love for you to join in at Patreon. The donations you make go directly to cover the hosting, technical support, and donations we make to our speakers and podcasters and missionaries that come on the show to introduce us to someone new. Have a great day, and I cannot wait to talk to you again.